Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And this is the official start of the 2023 season. This is our fifth NASCAR season in the mix here, and it is just truly incredible. The excitement is just at a fever pitch right now because we are so close to the start of the season. We've got the Super Bowl to get through, and trust me, I am not trying to get through the Super Bowl. As an Eagles fan, I'm on the edge of my seat for that as well. So hopefully when we get into the next episode, I'll be having something to celebrate uh, as we start the Daytona week. But uh, in any case, it's the fifth season that we've been doing this podcast, and I have to say, I usually, or when I first started saying, hey, the the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR at the start of every episode, it started as kind of like a joke, like kind of like self-deprecation because it was like, wow, what a niche thing that is. And now you look around to start this season, there is just so much content popping up left and right. So many people that we know and love now in the community for gambling on NASCAR that we are connected with and People that we aren't who are getting into the mix. Dale Jr.'s company getting in the mix just this week. So I just have to say, I appreciate you listening to this, just spending your time absorbing this content. I, I can't appreciate it enough as we move forward. Big things expected with this concept and with this industry taking off. Hopefully we can uh, you know, be in a better spot next year. I mean, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And while we're on that topic about growing, I want to call out some different things that you can expect this year from me. We'll talk about this podcast in just a second, but another place you can find me every week this week is the NASCAR betting preview show. That is a Twitter spaces show, but on that show, we've actually been picked up by Podium Esports, and they are kind of running the back end of that show. So if you are a fan of absorbing your content elsewhere like Twitch or YouTube or Discord, uh, well, you can do that as well. They are handling all of that for us as well as uh, being able to do that via Twitter spaces. we got our people who like to chime in, ask questions, make comments, all that. Everything's still the same. It's just there's more places you can find us, and I'm happy to be back with those guys. That's Derek Yoder's show. He's the one calling the shots there. That's always fun. That's Wednesday nights, and that's a live show. So if you have the ability to jump on, feel free. And I record this podcast usually on Tuesday nights, as long as the lines are out, you know, so we want to give people enough time to dissect everything. And uh, the big change for this podcast is that I've got a YouTube channel. So if you listen to our Silly Season podcast with Chris from the Flag Hunting Pod, we put that whole episode up on YouTube, trying to grow that a little bit. I've heard from uh, our friend Seth from In Between Media that YouTube is definitely a place you want to be. So my goal for this year is that, you know, my typical structure of the episode, I start things off, I recap the previous race, we get into the next race, some picks to win, some props. And then if I'm lucky enough, I have a guest on. Well, my goal this year is anytime I have a guest, I will be doing that and recording it via YouTube and, and putting that out there on YouTube for people to watch there as well. So there's a visual element to that part of the podcast. So it's exciting. Hopefully we can grow that and people that like hanging out on YouTube all day find us and get some more people that love 
gambling on NASCAR, because that's the goal, right? That's the reason why I started doing this podcast a while back was because just trying to find like-minded people who liked having fun, watching the races and gambling on it, which makes it in turn more fun. So hopefully we get some more people out there as we continue to grow this space. And you can always find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be trying to do some more things via Instagram, like little video caps from the episodes throughout the season. So definitely give me a look on there and always feel free to send me a message because I love talking shot with anyone who wants to do so. So um, enough with the plugs. We're going to get to the episode here. And we actually do have a a quick recap because we had the clash this past weekend. So uh, I thought, you know, it was interesting to see how polarizing the clash was. We had kind of the NASCAR brass, I guess you could say, or the people who were, you know, really involved in NASCAR, kind of promoting that even after the race, making the case for why the clash was great. And then you had a lot of people who just absolutely hated it. And it didn't really seem like there was anything in between, Um, except I kind of felt like I was in between. So recapping here, I thought they did a good enough job for the entertainment factor. It was an entertaining race, I think you could say, if you were just looking at it, because clearly the excuse me, the clash is not meant to really give us great racing, right? It's meant for random people who have never seen NASCAR before to give it a look and say, wow, you know, this is this is a little crazy. I, I might be able to get into this, right? Um, there's beating, there's banging, there's people getting hung out to dry, there's people getting into fights, you know, that sort of thing. I, I could get into this. It's meant for those non-NASCAR fans to kind of find it and, you know, be intrigued enough to tune in next week. And for that, I think they did enough. They had the entertainment factor with the, you know, halftime music with Wiz Khalifa. And, you know, you had uh, other celebrities from Hollywood out there, Joel McHale doing the intros. I thought he did a good job. I mean, so they did a good job putting the pageantry together. Um, Now, as far as the racing is concerned, it was questionable at best. Now, for gambling purposes, I didn't put too much out there. I was scared of uh, really taking much. So throughout the week, I was really saying, you know what, I'm kind of holding back a little bit. I didn't put any like official plays out there just because I didn't feel confident enough in anything. That doesn't mean that I didn't play anything. I tailed a couple people uh, that really put out MTJ, and I was lucky to catch him at a, a decent enough number. And he was even, as the race was about to go off, a lot of the books, Barstool, Caesars, MGM, had him at like five to one, where DraftKings had him nine to one and then moved him down to eight to one. So even right before the race, you could get him at a better number than other books on DraftKings. So I thought that was intriguing. Um, I was happy he hit, but uh, then I realized I had myself quite a Saturday night. Uh, I had drunkenly put in a bunch of bets, including Austin Dillon at plus 5,000. And I had no recollection of doing this. So as the race is coming to an end, that kind of final restart there, I'm cheering for Truex. And really, I should have been cheering for Austin Dillon because I would have really cashed a ticket there at 50 to 1. He ended up finishing second. So uh, it was kind of silly. After the heat races, one good thing I like about this race is the heat races. Uh, I I thought that that concept is, you know, old school. I think it's cool. And uh, seeing it, with your own two eyes, you're able to place a couple bets, you know, the, the day of, I took Bubba after his heats. Uh, I thought he really moved through the heat field a little 
well, and he obviously performed well. So happy to see that. And then missed a parlay in the last turn. I put in a parlay before practice and qualifying. So on Saturday, I must have already had a few drinks in me, but I do remember putting this in. Um, and it, it lost. Byron and Hamlin were a matchup. I had Byron and Hamlin passed him in the final turn of the race. The The winner had already taken the checkered flag, and, and that's how close it came to hitting for me. So, uh, yeah, MTJ hit the rest. So-so. Now, I want to talk about the race itself because there are talks today about making this a points race because there was news that came out that Auto Club will not be ready for the 2024 season. They are in the process of converting that to a short track. So they're on the schedule this year for the last time in its current configuration and Auto Club will be not on the schedule next year. And so now the question is, well, what are they going to fill it with? And naturally, the people were asking, well, could this fill the gap? And I'd have to say it was good for what it was entertaining yes this cannot be a points paying race like that is just too silly of an idea could you imagine like it just makes no sense this the track is just too small for these cars like it just doesn't work and if they were all on the track at the same time it would just be pure chaos and i would not enjoy that um probably you know and i can't imagine the drivers would enjoy that either like they kind of tolerate it you can sense that it's like okay this is fun for what it is, but I'm not really into this concept for real. And if they were to make this a points-paying race, that would be a, a big, big miss. So hopefully they don't go that route. But um, yeah, and the other downside of this race was we didn't have a lot of markets to bet on in this race. You know, we had the winner and Barstool put out head-to-head matchups, thank God. But we didn't really have like top five, top tens, you know, the stuff that we're used to seeing. I don't understand why not. You know, NASCAR is taking off in terms of gambling. I would have thought that they would have started with the clash and and really gone all in and really flexed their muscle a little bit, try some things out before Daytona. But no, it was pretty reserved. And for that, it was a little bit of a letdown. So um, in any case, the clash is behind us. And now. We are in a good spot. This is the the week between, you know, so Super Bowl week. Um, NASCAR is taking a bit of a relaxation here, kicking back on back to the East Coast and uh, getting ready for the 500. So what we're going to do on this episode is break down some season win total bets and some championship conversation for all three series. So we're going to be talking trucks, Xfinity and Cup in that order. Now, as we get into this conversation We just have to call out the books that have this available because we're looking at most of these coming from Caesars Sportsbook and Barstool also has a good clip of uh, some things to chew on here, including some head to head season win totals for the Cup Series. So those are the two books that are out there right now. The big letdown at this moment is that DraftKings has nothing. And last year they had everything. All sorts of bets, head-to-head win totals, uh, regular driver win totals. Then they had team win totals, uh, and then team head-to-head win totals. They had so many different options last year. And the people from DraftKings who I reached out to, they said that they will eventually have something before the season starts. So uh, the time is ticking. I tried to hold out long enough for this episode to give DraftKings uh, an opportunity to get out there so I could, you know, digest what they have and and put that out there, but um, nothing yet. So what I'll do is if they put something out 
that I end up taking, I'll just tack that on to the Daytona episode in a week or so, and uh, we'll talk about that to start. So uh, looking at these types of bets, I love season win total bets. And this is another thing that's polarizing, you know, hearing more people talk about gambling on NASCAR, you kind of get a sense of like who likes what. And, you know, some people, this is just not their vibe. For me, I have done really well in season win total bets across all sports. Last year in NASCAR, um, had some good success on the bets that were available to us. And now we've got uh, a bunch more out there in, in terms of all three series. So this will be a fun season for sure, especially if DraftKings comes back with the types that they had. There's going to be a lot of different options for us to, to chew on. So I'm excited, and we will start things off by looking at the truck series. So Caesars is where you can find these odds. Now, the thing about this, again, is you really have to consider that the odds you know, are not ideal. So when there's only one or two, you know, games in town, Caesars and Barstool, uh, you're kind of stuck, right, with what you have. So I wish, as we go through some of these, I wish that they would just move the number instead of the the odds, you know, shifting into more unfavorable odds for the gambler. And we're going to start with that uh, concept right away as we talk about the first driver. So the, they've got four options in the truck series and I am locked in on two of them. So Ty Majeski is the first one, and his win total for the season is 1.5. Now, I told this story on the NASCAR betting preview show, but I'm going to tell it again. I thought I was friends with Skybox NASCAR. My buddy Mark, at least I thought he was my buddy. We are in a text chain together, and he's not in. He doesn't live in a state that has legal gambling. And so... He happened to be in Tennessee for something. I don't know if it was work or he's in there for a game or something. But uh, in any case, he was in Tennessee and just letting bets rip. Well, when these odds dropped on the trucks, I said in the chat, like, I love Ty Majeski, 1.5. He agreed. The spread, or the, the line, rather, was minus 160, which is a little, you know, rich for my blood. I don't typically love taking those types of things, but I really think Ty Majeski, uh, as we'll get into here in a second, is going to perform well this year. Mark, he moved the damn line. He says he didn't, but he he goddamn did. He said, yo, I'm all over Ty Majeski. Let's do it. And I don't know what his unit size is, but uh, he let it rip. And now it jumped from minus 160 to minus 200 that day. And it has remained at minus 200. I can't imagine too many people are taking these season win total bets on the truck series. So I guarantee it was Skybox that moved the line. So now you're faced with the decision, you know, do you really want to give up minus 200 to take over one and a half? That is quite the pretty penny. But the thing about Ty Majeski is he has shown huge growth in this last month of the season, in the 2022 season. He had two wins in the last four races he had 10 top five finishes out of 23 races. You got to remember, when we're talking about these lower series, less races, right? 36 in the Cup Series, only 23 races in the Truck Series, and, and that includes playoffs and everything, too. So 10 top five finishes, I mean, that's, that's damn good. You're putting yourself in a great position. Almost half of the races, he's in the top five. That's exactly what you're looking for. 
And if you want to talk about like starting position, he had the second most poles in the series last year, three. So they've put themselves in good position. And I just feel that he has a big year ahead of him here. Ty Majewski, 1.5. You're telling me that this person who got two last year at the end of the year isn't going to roll that right into some more success. Now, I wish they would just make it two and a half and make it like even money because I would take over two and a half. I, I think he could get three wins this season. That is for sure. Um, so I, I love what I'm seeing out of Ty Majewski. I think he's someone with that mindset of like, I need to do well now because I'm on a good team and I have this opportunity in front of me and I could potentially move up. I think he's got those aspirations. So we'll see if Majeski can go get it done. But I locked myself in. I bit the bullet, minus 200. I can't not take this bet. Um, and we're going to talk about championship odds in a bit. But I just know that he's going to go over 1.5. So need to get something in on it, even if it's minus 200. Another guy that they have available to you is someone who had a bit of an off year last year. So we're going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum here, and it's Ben Rhodes, our former champion. His number is also 1.5, and he's minus 130, a much more manageable number for the gambler here, coming off a season where he had a bit of a championship hangover. He had one win, and it was, I think, the the Bristol Dirt. I could be wrong on that, but, I mean, if it was, that's kind of just a, a, a silly win. But um, Rhodes... Looking at it from a bird's eye view, you're saying to yourself, well, he was off last year. He just wasn't who he was the the year before and, and beyond. And that was true. But if you dig a little deeper, there's reason to believe that he can hit this number of over 1.5, which is what I'm locked in at, at minus 130. He had five second place finishes last year. I, I did not do the research to see if that's the most top five finishes in the sport in the truck series last year, but it cannot be far from the most. Uh, that is a, a boatload. So you think one of those goes the right way and he's clearing the 1.5 mark. One of those t- uh, second place finishes, by the way, was at Phoenix for the championship. So, you know, he was off last year. He wasn't himself, as you'd say, but he still finished second for the championship. So I expect the bounce back. I expect them to kind of, you know, regain that championship composure and finish those races, right? They're, they're getting there, but they can finish them. And I think there's more space out there in the truck series for these guys to snatch wins. We've, we've graduated quite a bit of wins. Chandler Smith moving on, John Hunter Nemechek moving on. Like some of these big boys are off the block so who's going to take those corners, you know? And 1.5 over for Ben Rhodes and Ty Majewski seems doable. You give each of those guys two wins, and there's still plenty of wins left for the rest of uh, the, the people out there. So let's go to a no-bet situation here, and that's my boy Zane Smith. I absolutely love Zane Smith. Had him to win the championship last year, and... His win total is 4.5. Now, this is a no bet. I am not locked in on this because while everything I just said is correct about them leaving a lot of wins on the table with these guys graduating over to the Xfinity Series, I just can't bring myself to bet five wins for Zane Smith. He had five last year, and it's very difficult, right? So he won... Daytona race for the trucks to start the season, and he won the race to end the year. All right, so that bookends the season. That got him to five. 
and he had three, you know, throughout the season. So he had the two bookends that made that possible to hit that number. It seems to me like that is just really tough to do. So five wins in a, you know, parody type thing. We're going to talk about parody when it comes to the Cup Series, but for the trucks, just because we're losing Chandler Smith and you know John Hunter. Got Ryan Priest, who won a couple wins last year. He's up in full-time in the Cup now. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to have some of these other guys step up outside of the big names like Zane. So while I like him in this series, and I'll be betting him most weeks, five wins is a pretty penny, and he's minus money to do so. And so that scares me a little bit. But if we want to talk about title shot, Zane is plus 200 for the championship. Now, I would rather bet that now and, you know, just take him to win the championship because if you're saying he's going to win five cha- or five wins throughout the season, I think it would probably be structured a little bit like it was last year, right? You'd have to assume that he's going to win Phoenix to hit that five mark. So, and, unless he just goes on an unprecedented tear, um, I think that I'd rather have him at plus 200 to win the title. And the thing about this is, that's a number, like you could take him now if you wanted to, or you could wait. Because if Zane doesn't win out of the gate, first month or so, I'd have to bet that those championship odds will bump up to 300, maybe 400, kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Because NASCAR sportsbooks have recency bias. That is 100% facts. Like, that's the reason why his number is 4.5 is because he had five wins last year. I'm going to talk about Larson last year and when we get to the Cup Series, but they look at what happened last year, and, you know, that's what they set their number on. So I think, you know, we give it some time, maybe not hoping that he struggles, but if he does and you still believe in Zane, you can get him at a, another number, you know, 3-1, to 4-1. to one. But I'd rather take him 2-1 to one to win the title than take the five wins, and that's just me. That's just my my cup of tea. Now, let's talk about championship odds because I mentioned Ty Majeski uh, at minus 200. You might be saying to yourself, hey, why not the same thing here? Uh, I think Ty could win two races and not win the championship, but uh, he's 450 right now, plus 450, which isn't a bad bet. I'm more so looking at the Truck Series championship odds and, and all of these championship odds like further down the line, right? Who are some guys that if they were to win early, their odds would you know shoot down. We're going to have this conversation in all three series. And, and with the trucks, I see a couple guys further down the list for the championship that I am planning on taking here um, probably this week. And the first one is Grant Infinger. He's plus 1,000, 10 to 1 to win the championship. Grant Infinger, we talk about wins being on the table in the truck series. Like, he's someone that could step up. He won one race last year, but he was a playoff contender. Some things didn't go his way. Easily could turn things uh, a different route and could be in the championship. And if he's in the championship for, I mean, my goodness, watch out. He's a proven winner, a past champion, someone that I trust to get it done. So Grant Infinger at 10 to 1 is a good number when we're looking around at the rest of the field like, well, who's going to step up here? Who's going to do it? Another guy further down the odds list, plus 1,500. It's Carson Hosevar. Now, I've been you know, big up in Carson Hosevar, and this is someone who has not won a race yet. But 
I am someone who really believes in him. I wish his win total number was out there because I would love to see what the books have it at. I think they'd have to set it at 0.5, and it would probably be like minus 160 uh, because he's someone that is just on the cusp. And this is a situation where, hey, you're looking to take a shot and see if it pays off. If this guy wins a couple races, he's in the playoffs. I mean, he, to me, last year showed that he's a, a young wheelman. Like, he can just wheel and deal, and he's just missing on some of those wins. He had pole with a broken ankle, essentially, uh, at Sonoma. It was just wild. So he, he's someone that, you know, he's giving me really good vibes as far as just being a, a natural driver, and he, he's just right there. So if he starts to have this breakout season, right, you, you picture Ty Majeski last year. It's kind of like that same thing last year. I don't know what Majeski's odds were to win the championship last year, but he put himself in a phenomenal position, won a couple races late in the year, learned a lot early in the year, won a couple races late, put himself in the championship for, and uh, really gave your your gamblers on him an opportunity. And that's kind of what I expect out of Carson Hosevar. And with Enfinger and Hosevar, if one of these guys wins a race first half of the season, you're not going to see these numbers anymore. So that's why I'm calling them out. So that's the truck series. You know, the, the Ty Majeski, Ben Rhodes, 1.5 each. Um, and, you know, taking championship odds on both of those guys, or excuse me, Zane Smith, Ty Majeski, Enfinger, and Hosevar. Those are the championship odds that I like for the trucks. So it's going to be a great season. I love how they're kicking it off on Friday night, Daytona. And uh, we'll talk more about them next week when we get there. All right, all right, all right. So next up, we've got the Xfinity Series, and they had win totals available earlier. But now on Caesars, we only have championship odds, and they are the only book that I'm aware of that has Xfinity championship odds, just like the trucks. So Caesars going above and beyond for all of our uh, NASCAR lower series fans. But uh, so that the win totals are gone. So we're just going to talk about the odds that are available right now to win the championship and just some guys that, you know, I want to call out similar to the conversation we just had. And we're going to start, I mean, we outlined all of the changes in the Silly Season episode. So I highly recommend going back, taking a look at that, whether it's on the podcast form or on YouTube, um, and, you know, get a sense, a lay of the land of who's who in each series, because the Xfinity series has been one that I've neglected over the years that I've done this podcast. I haven't talked a lot about them, but I love the different players in the game this year. And this is the, the first time in a long time that I'm very excited about the Xfinity series. My game plan as far as week to week is to sit back a little bit and just kind of assess, maybe tail some of the guys that I trust a little bit more around Xfinity for the start of the season and then, you know, start really calling things out on this pod and, and other places uh, as I get a little bit more comfortable with what we're seeing in the Xfinity series. But for the title odds, I will be throwing some money down on some of these guys. The championship favorite is Cole Custer. And this makes sense. Cole Custer, as you know, he is coming down from the Cup Series. He got booted from that 41 car for Ryan Priest, which is a, a strange situation at Stuart Haas because Custer's father is a big wig there. But I respect that move because, you know, he's taking a, a shot to his ego and he's saying, hey, let me go get it done. So plus 300 is his number to win the championship in the Xfinity Series. 
Now, do I think that that's a surprise? No. Like that he's the favorite. I do not see that as a surprise. Do I want that number? No. I am not going to take plus 300 right now on Cole Custer. I think that's just too short. I think Custer, and this is just me, but I, I think he could be someone that we get a little bit later in the season as he gets a little bit more acclimated to the Xfinity series. I, he doesn't strike me as someone who's just going to go in and dominate um, like before. I, I think a good example of that is John Hunter Nemechek, right? When he dropped down to the truck series, he had some some good, good seasons and, and won a lot of races, but he did not win a championship. So I think... We can see Cole Custer, see how the first month of the season plays out. Maybe these odds get a little bit longer, you know, and and that might be a a better opportunity to take him because he's worth trusting. It's just this early, those short odds, they just don't, you know, fit my billing. Um, I mentioned John Hunter Nemechek. He's plus 600 right now to win the championship. I, I, I can't pull the trigger on that either. His win total... Uh, was something that I was looking hard at, but never got a chance to do that. And uh, his number actually changed. It was 1.5, then it moved to 3.5, I think, um, over time. And and now it's off the board. So John Hunter, I'm kind of staying away from right now, even though I'm really anxious to see him on a week-by-week basis. But with the Xfinity Series, I want some of these longer odds. I want some guys that are further down the list. Sammy Smith is someone, he's plus 800. I think that that's a driver that is in a good sweet spot there for the championship. We're going to have to, you know, see if he gets a win early. Because if you take him 8-1, to then he gets a win early, you're feeling pretty good. Because I don't think it'll, you know, peak back above that as the season goes. Brandon Jones is my guy that I'm all in on. So I'm throwing a championship pick on him early. 10-1, to plus 1,000 right now on Caesars. And I really have high hopes for Brandon Jones. He did he did really good last year with JGR. This is not someone who's like new in the role. He's a veteran driver, I guess you could say, in the Xfinity series. It's not like you're pulling a younger guy up and saying like, hey, you know, go get this done for me. But he's moving from a good team, JGR, to a very good team. Probably if I was a driver, I would want to drive in the Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports in the nine car. And that's what Brandon Jones will be doing. He's got his sponsorship backing. He is just cool as a cucumber. At least he has to be, right? I mean, everything has just worked out in his favor. So now it's time to go get it done. And I have faith that he's someone that's going to be rocking the boat this year for the championship. So 10 to 1, I like that number. Um, I can't see that going much higher, right? That doesn't compute with me to see him at 14 or 18 as the season goes on unless things go catastrophic but if you're in that nine car that was vacated by noah gregson i I think we should expect big things Um, just a couple other shots in the dark daniel hemrick he's sitting at 1500 he was somebody who was you know racing for a championship or won the championship actually uh, just two years ago so that number you know obviously didn't do as good last year, but that number intrigues me a little bit. And then we're going into some of the, the former truck series guys, uh, Sheldon Creed and, and newcomer Chandler Smith. 
both at 20 to 1. Those guys have my attention, but um, not as confident. Obviously, you know, Chandler being a rookie in the series, a little difficult. So uh, 20 to 1, that's like more of a Hail Mary type of play if we see these guys really come in and, you know, swing their stuff around uh, early, then those numbers will, will go way down. Because with, I mean, looking at these higher numbers, any signs of improvement, even if it's not a win, but like a few top tens and, and those numbers are going to go down. So that's the only reason to take them before the season starts at 20 to 1. Uh, those are two guys that I just absolutely loved in the truck series and I want to see more out of, and I hope they can find success in the Xfinity series. So if they do... You know, I want to be in that conversation for that championship, but definitely more of a longer shot if that, you know, hits you in the right spot. So that's conversation for the Xfinity series. And like I said, I'm very excited to see that series as the year goes on. Vegas, baby, Vegas! So now we have arrived at the Cup Series, and this is probably what you're here for, right? We want to talk about the big show. And... I'm excited because even though DraftKings hasn't come alive yet, hopefully they do, Caesars has really stepped up their game. I know I keep jocking them right now. Trust me, I'm not being paid. But they have 18 different drivers as far as win totals available, which is so great. Barstool has eight, and it's good because you can shop between the two. If you like a, a certain bet, you can look at one, and you're going to get better odds. I mean, Barstool definitely has some better odds on a couple drivers, so it'll be fun. Now, Barstool also has the head-to-heads, as we're going to talk about in just a bit. And most books, whether it's you know really anyone out there, have the championship odds for the Cup Series available to them. So uh, any book usually that I've seen so far in this offseason has had those for a little bit of time now. So the way we're going to do this, is I want to be kind of all-encompassing. I want to call out what Caesars has because it's great, you know, conversation starters, but I want to call out who they have available in the different categories as far as like the number. So we're going to go through number by number what drivers are under that number and what their odds are. And, uh, and then after doing that, I'm going to talk about my locks that I've locked in and talk about the leans that I have that I might get into a little bit more. And uh, if there's a driver or a matchup that I don't talk about that interests you in one way or the other, please let me know because this isn't, you know, something that I'm, I'm done, right? I love these bets. I love having stuff wrapped up in this and I, I bet it, forget it. And then, you know, as the year goes on, I see, wow, you know, forgot about that. Or um, it's nice to see that pop into the account. So, Let's get to it. There are three drivers out there that have their win total set to 3.5. And this is the parity conversation coming into play. Because anyone remembers last year, I talked about recency bias with NASCAR Sportsbooks. They had Kyle Larson's win total last year at 7.5. There is no driver available right now that has more than 3.5. That's the most. That's the highest win total you have out there right now. So the three drivers are Kyle Larson. He's minus 150 on Caesars, minus 139 on Barstool. So if you like that number for Kyle to go over, these are all over lines, by the way. Um, If you expect Larson to have four plus wins, then minus 139 at Barstool is your pick. Logano is plus 110. He's the 
underdog uh, for the over there, 3.5. And Chase Elliott, minus 130, 3.5 to go over. There's one driver sitting on Caesars and Barstool at 2.5, and that driver is Denny Hamlin. He's plus 130 to go over, 2.5. Then there's a boatload of people, 10 to be exact, at the 1.5 number, which is right on the cusp. There are nine drivers coming in from last year that had two-plus wins in the 2022 season. So we've got 10 drivers sitting there at the 1.5 mark. Those drivers are, and again, these lines are to go over the 1.5 number. Ryan Blaney, minus 165. Tyler Reddick, minus 150. Ty Gibbs, plus 170. Martin Truex, minus 180. Kyle Busch, minus 125. Christopher Bell, minus 160 on Caesars, but minus 139 on Barstool. Ross Chastain, minus 150. Alex Bowman, minus 150. William Byron, minus 150. And Kevin Harvick, plus 120. And then there are four drivers who have, I think, one of the most fun bets to have for season win total. It's just all you got to do is win one. And all these guys, we got Daniel Suarez, minus 160. Bubba Wallace, minus 165. Chase Briscoe, minus 175. And then you've got Brad Kozlowski, minus 140. So all favorites to go over that number. So pretty interesting. And uh, all of those guys can't go over. It's just like statistically not possible for their numbers. All 18 of these guys to hit all their numbers. I don't think that that's possible. So somebody's going to go under. Now, we're going to talk about that, but um, I think that these bets are awesome. They definitely left some guys off the list, but hey, we got to give them credit for including 18 different drivers to talk about. So let's get to four picks that I have locked in already for the individual season win total. And I'm going to start with one that sparked a bit of a debate last week on the NASCAR betting preview show on Twitter. This is Kyle Busch. I'm all over Kyle Busch this season. I like him in a number of different ways. And the over 1.5, he was at one point plus 120. I got him at plus 100. He's now minus 125, which is now the favorite option. So clearly the market has really dictated here. They are fans of Kyle Busch moving over to this eight car. And the debate was a good one. It was a healthy one. Just saying, you know, we've got people who don't believe that he's just like the Kyle of the past. And they think that, you know, coming over to RCR and things don't go well, it could get out of hand and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's the typical Kyle Bush conversation. I am someone who does not feel that way. My reasoning for this is, first of all, let's start with the equipment. All right. Because we're talking about Tyler Reddick winning three races last year in this next-gen car in the eight car. We are now moving over the driver who has won more races in all three series in NASCAR history, Kyle Busch. He is just a generational talent and a Hall of Famer in the making. And I have to imagine, just let's call it right now, I think Kyle Busch is a better driver than Tyler Reddick. So apples to apples, if Tyler Reddick can get three wins in this eight car. Why can't Kyle Busch get two wins? I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. 
it's really just about that number. That 1.5 over under is what got my attention. I expected when these win totals came out for Kyle to be at that 2.5 mark, not 3.5, because that's the upper echelon guys, the guys who have been doing it at a consistent level. Kyle has not been as consistent as of late, but 1.5, I think he's got that refresh, right? Things are, are clear now. And I don't know if you noticed, but he's he's the bad boy in NASCAR now. Big news coming out this week. He brought a gun to Mexico on a family vacation. I mean, what is going on there? Um, and Mexico charged him and sentenced him to three years in prison, but yet he somehow got out of the country. I'm not making this up. Like, if this is news to you, I'm, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. Uh, Kyle Busch is a wanted man in Mexico. He guess he will never take a trip back there because he will go to jail, assuming that they you know, push that. Uh, so yeah, Kyle Busch, the bad boy of the sport continues, but in all seriousness, I, I really think that he's had that like reset that the Gibbs stuff. I am a believer in this. I don't think it's a conspiracy, but some would call it a tinfoil hat that they weren't giving him the best equipment. Once it looked like negotiations weren't going well and he was going to be leaving Gibbs. I don't think they were giving him much. I thought they were giving him equipment that really could have been the test stuff. And, I think the results kind of showed that. So you look at now what he's moving into. Chevy definitely has figured out the next-gen car more so than the other manufacturers. Then look at road courses. Chevy has the road course package down. And maybe some of these other manufacturers are going to figure it out a little bit this year with a year under their belt. But at the start of the season, Chevy is the team to beat on road courses. Well, Kyle Busch has a history of success on road courses. Like years ago, Sonoma and Watkins Glen, like he was a factor. So you're throwing him into a car now. We said that Tyler Reddick is a great road course driver. Well, maybe it has to do with the Chevy package as well. And so you're not losing a step with Kyle Busch's abilities on road courses, and there's six of them. So, hey, I'm really all in on this. And I was uh, shocked to see the 1.5 number. So I jumped on it. I still think you, at the moment, if you're listening to this and did not take this, you could get him at minus 125, and I think you could sleep well at night throughout the season. So Kyle Busch, I'm locked in. I hope you should be too. Let's ride together. I always buy a koozie to start the year on on a driver that I'm you know, kind of excited about. I purchased my eight-car koozie uh, for this year to drink beers with throughout the year. I also bought a, a four-car, uh, Kevin Harvick's final year. I need to get that Busch koozie as well but um yeah i'm all in on kyle win total this year make it happen now let's move to another driver it's one step up it's 2.5 it's denny hamlin denny hamlin over 2.5 can denny hamlin get three wins he had two wins last year plus a pocono win that was stripped from him because of uh something that happened with the rules and you know maybe that did give him a better advantage to win the race I don't know. I get a little sketchy when those things get, when the wins get stripped away. But if you remember the, the top two drivers and the, I think they were both Gibbs drivers, they, uh, they got sent to the back after the end of the race. And even though Hamlin finished first, he did not get credit. So you could say he crossed the finish line first three times last year. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And you're saying that Denny Hamlin is plus money, plus money to finish with three wins at the end of the year. I am all over this. All over this. Denny Hamlin. I mean, you look at that Gibbs group, right? Who is the leader of that group? 
you've got Denny Hamlin, Ty Gibbs, Christopher Bell, and Martin Truex Jr. You got Truex one foot out the door, right? I mean, I, we know that it's Harvick's last year. I'm, I don't know. Did they announce that this is Truex's last year? I, I think they did, but if they didn't, the writing is on the wall. So he's not the leader. Bell, we're going to talk about Christopher Bell in, in just a bit, but he's quite young. And then you got Gibbs, who's the namesake, but he's a rookie. Denny Hamlin is the leader of that group. For whatever that's worth to you, he's the guy. He's the guy at that company. Then he's also got a little less pressure, I would say, about his own team because he's the owner of 2311 Racing. And that team had a lot of drama around it last year, you know, stealing Reddick from them. And then Kyle, or excuse me, Kurt Bush was out. They moved Ty into there. It was just a lot of like moving parts, expanding to two teams. You know, this was a, a big deal. And now things are a little bit more calm. Things are a little bit more set. They got a win last year with Kurt. They got a win with Bubba. Like things are starting to really fall into place there. So I think there's a little bit less stress that Denny has. He's he's more like he has the ability to be a little bit more creature of habit. Now he's got his own podcast now that he can just vent when he's got things. So I think we're going to hear a lot more and be able to use that stuff a little bit more. Three wins is so doable for Denny Hamlin. I mean, I... You know, his wins last year came on a short track, intermediate, and then the win stripped from him at Pocono. That's not even a talk about super speedways, where I would say he's one of the best in the game at super speedways. And we've got two more with the Atlanta reconfig. Um, he had finished second at Darlington and Kansas. Like, this is not a one-trick pony. This is a guy who could win every single week. So three wins is something that I want to be a part of. So Denny, 2.5, lock me in. Now I'm going to go to the only under I'm going to take. And I feel like a bad guy. I feel like a heel, right? The, the music breaks, you know, on WWE Raw, and the bad guy comes out, and I'm the bad guy. I hate doing it, but it's Ross Chastain. Under 1.5 is plus money. Now hear me out. He's plus 110 for that under. Now, I have some things that, you know, I'm not just calling this out on a whim things that really kind of led me to this because I wanted to be on the Chastain ride just like everybody else was last year I kind of felt left out we had some people friends of the show who had the the championship pick on him and we were rooting for him not this year for me under 1.5 looking at it the last three years in NASCAR the guy who finishes second place for the championship has not had more than one win in the subsequent season. So we're going back, you know, 2019, the, that person I believe was Martin Truex. In the 2020 season, he had one win. And then same thing for the other drivers in those other seasons, including Truex last year, who had zero wins. So one win or less, last three seasons. So we talk about a championship hangover. That's not really a thing in NASCAR, at least, you know, recent history. But there's a second place, a just-missed hangover. And I think there's something to be said for that, right? You're also talking about a team and a driver who had unprecedented fame and success and, and press last year. You know, are they able to sustain that? A lot of hype. Now, looking at his wins, he had two wins last year. 
So you're asking him to duplicate that if you're taking the over. His wins came on a super speedway and a road course. The road course, he, you know, I, I hit big on that. Uh, I, I bet on him at Coda, and I loved every second of it. But, I mean, he had to wreck a guy to win that race, which, hey, you know, my hand's up. Like, that's that's fine. You got to get it done. But it's not like, let's not convince ourselves that, like, Ross Chastain went out and, like, dominated a road course and won going away. Like, he won in dramatic fashion. And we celebrated that, yes. But looking ahead, 1.5, it needs to win two races. I'm going to take the plus money, and I'm going to make Ross beat me on this, right? Because that's the thing. Go out and get it done. Prove me wrong. And if he proves me wrong, fine. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's a donation. But I'm really in the mindset of this track house team's getting a little too big for their britches reading their own press clippings in the clash. He's already rubbing people the wrong way. He's going right back at it with Denny Hamlin. Like, man, you know, you remember all last year in the summertime, it felt like this guy was is poking the bear and then he kind of relaxed for a bit going into the playoffs uh, and, and kind of erased everybody's memory with the hail melon, which was amazing. So how could you not cheer for him? Right. That's what we were all thinking going into the finals or the, the Phoenix race. But, he kind of erased everybody's memory of the, the bad taste that he left, just pissing everybody off. So uh, that could come back to bite him a little bit this year. Who knows? I'm not really one to count that too much, but more so for the other things that I said, I'm going to go with the under 1.5 with Chastain, and I hate doing it, but it must be done. The last one that I'm going to take is Chase Elliott over. 3.5. He's minus 130. I think this number is good. Uh, minus 130. If this was minus 160 or above, I don't think I would touch it, even if it was minus 150. But 130, that's something I can play with. He had five wins last year. One of them he was given uh, at Pocono. And we talk about a year of parity. You got a guy winning five races. I mean, that's that's damn good. Five wins is good in any season. That's a large number. And so three and a half, I mean, this is a, a very doable number, kind of like what we said about Denny. Now, who has a better playbook on the next-gen car than the nine team, right? They've had four victories, five given to them. I mean, they're going into this season with more success than anyone. You know, Logano won the championship, but no one had more success week in and week out than Elliott. Now, Chastain had a good, you know, going back to that previous bet, Chastain, he pointed people to death. He did a great job finishing top five, top ten, um, and, and really performing well throughout the, the full race. And, yeah, of course, I'll be taking Chastain top fives, top tens throughout the season for sure. Head-to-heads, you betcha. But the wins is what gets you. With Elliott, he would start a race and then get better as the race went on. Like, their playbook, their notes are stronger than anyone in the garage, in my opinion. So for that reason, I like them to go over 3.5 again. And, you know, can they iterate on what they did already last year? Another fact, going into the race last year, the, the season last year, rather, you ask any NASCAR fan who's the best road course driver in the game, 9 out of 10 people are going to say Chase Elliott. I mean, that's, that's just how it was. These are the facts. And he had zero wins on road course last year. He didn't lose his talent. You know, it was the parody situation. It was people stepping up. I think, you know, keep that in mind. 
six opportunities for the best road course racer in NASCAR to snag a victory, plus where he got it done elsewhere. I mean, he's good on super speedways. He's good on intermediates, just like we talked about with Denny Hamlin. Three and a half is an obtainable number. This is not out of the question. So I really like Chase Elliott. Once again, I think he you know, has that strong pedigree, that strong drive in that garage. So lock me in over three and a half. Now, the interesting thing about Chase with these odds, if you're looking at Barstool's numbers, they have Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott both with their number at three and a half. And to go over, Larson is minus 139. So uh, a slight favorite to go over three and a half as Chase is minus 130. So it's, you know, very small margin, but they do have him as the favorite. Um, Looking at them head-to-head, matched up, Chase is the favorite in the head-to-head matchup, minus 122. So that's interesting to me, right? It doesn't really make sense that you'd have one guy uh, more of a favorite for the over three-and-a-half number, and then matching them up head-to-head, you've got a, a little bit more of a favorite the other way. So that's strange. I'm avoiding that head-to-head matchup. Um, altogether, I'm not really into that because I think there's a lot of question marks around Larson. Larson could go out and have seven wins again, you know, if things <laughs> turn out the way that we expected they were going to go last year. Was it just a, a bump in the road or, you know, is he really down to earth uh, again this season? I'm, I'm skeptical of Larson. I don't want his numbers either way. So I'm avoiding that number, but just calling that out, like there's there's an opportunity there for a gambler in one way or the other, um, whether it's the head-to-head or the, the win total for Elliott here. Something to be said about it. So to recap the ones I'm locked in on, Kyle Busch over 1.5 plus 100, Denny Hamlin over 2.5 plus 110, we've got Ross Chastain under 1.5 plus 110, and Chase Elliott over 3.5 minus 130. Now let's take a look at some of these leans that I have. And these are all 0.5s, or excuse me, a couple 0.5s and one, one and a half. So Bubba Wallace over 0.5. Got that win last year. You know, you kind of get that pressure off you. I thought he looked strong in the clash. If we want to overreact to the clash, uh, I, I can do that right now. He's minus 160. That number is steep, like real steep tough that's what's holding me back but we'll see i mean that's why it's a lean some of these bets i I might see how my super bowl bets go and then uh if i get a little house money i'll I'll throw it on some of these leans but minus 160 i'm also kind of tracking that one to see if that moves at all in one way or the other because if it goes down to like minus 150 or or below uh, i would be on that but i don't see that happening especially with his performance last week i mean that team seems to be really coming alive and um you know, as a driver, he's starting to learn a little bit more. So we'll see. Now, another 0.5 number, Brad Kozlowski. Brought this up on the NASCAR betting preview show and, you know, really I brought it up to say like, hey, does anyone have a, a lean here one way or the other? Anybody feel a certain way? Because what I'm leaning is under. I just don't see Brad bouncing back. I, I think it's just too much of an uphill climb. I, I think Chris Buescher is in a good spot. Like RFK definitely performed better as a group last year, but Brad adjusting to that owner role, I think just had a little bit too much on his plate and he's in lesser equipment 
You know, you could say, well, so is Denny. Yeah, but Denny's in like a top tier ride. Brad's trying to make his ride a, a destination for a potential free agent signing when he retires. Like he, he's uphill battle. And I just he was such a non-factor last year. That's the thing. He was so out of it in a year where we had winners coming out of left field. How does Brad Kozlowski, just a, a decorated player in the game, not have a win? It's just there's so much of a gap there from what we saw in performance. So that's why I'd lean under. It is the you know underdog in the matchup. It's plus money. So that's that's what has me leaning under. I don't want it because any given Sunday he could you know win that and uh, or win a race and then that bet is cooked. But you know, it really is tough for me to get around it. So it's either an under or a no play at all, and uh, we'll see how things go. I mean, when you bet the under, it's tough because some of these overs, right, they could hit early in the season. Kyle Busch could win the first two races of the year, and then all of a sudden you, you hit that number and you get paid out. The age-old mantra, you know, it's never under until it's over. And uh, that's the thing. If you're betting unders, excuse me, you're betting unders, you're not getting paid till Thanksgiving. So you got to keep that in mind. Now, the last one that I'll call out here, somebody that I, you know, I'm interested in is William Byron, 1.5. That number is minus 150. And I'm, I'm leaning towards a big year for William Byron. I, I, something about it. I don't have numbers to back it up. That's why it's a lean. He's just coming to that point in his career, his age, you know, his maturity level. It's just starting to peak a little bit to where you'd expect more than two wins, right? So the over-under is one and a half. Two wins hits that number. I think if you're Rick Hendrick, you're expecting three, maybe four. Like this is this is a potential breakout year for him. So that's uh, that's another one. And then Bowman. I mean, let's, let's keep in the same camp. I didn't have Bowman written down here, but he's also 1.5 at minus 150. Bowman is potentially looking for a new ride this year if he doesn't do it. So we talk about contract years and like football and, and, and hockey and baseball. This is a contract year, I believe, for Alex Bowman. So he'd want to market himself pretty well. Uh, but I think Byron has more potential to hit that over 1.5 mark, especially with the pretty penny you're giving up at minus 150. So let's move to the, some head-to-head matchups here. Again, finding them on Barstool. And the first one is just a default. Uh, so we've got Hamlin going head-to-head against Ross Chastain. And so because of the bets I'm already locked in on, if I believe Denny Hamlin is going to go over two and a half wins, and if I believe Ross Chastain is going to stay under one and a half wins, well, of course I have to take Denny Hamlin minus 122 over Ross Chastain. Like, it's just a given. I love how this matchup has them together. The rivalry uh, definitely is going to be brewing. The fact that Denny has this podcast, I, I cannot wait to listen to things as the year goes on and he gets heated using that as like a ventilation system. But uh, yeah, this was a must bet after looking at their win totals and dissecting those. I uh, got to be a man of my word, right? If I believe those two things to be true, then this has to be true. So we'll uh, lock that in. The next one might take a little bit of uh, convincing and, and might not have some people tailing me on this, but this is more of a, a career status situation. So we're talking about Ryan Blaney. I'm taking him over Joey Logano plus 105. 
The last three years, they've been trading blows. Logano had more wins than Blaney. Last year, it was Logano. So it's Blaney's turn. If we're going by that pattern, they've been trading jabs. This bet is all about Blaney. I think this is kind of a, a put up or move on situation. I don't know what Blaney's contract is like. I think they have him pretty well locked in, but I could be wrong. And I think you've been seeing some rumblings. This isn't the Silly Season podcast, but uh, I think you've been seeing some rumblings. Like last year's Daytona 500, you know, with, with Cindric kind of not really helping him out. And the, the Logano stuff, it just, I don't know. Don't think that Blaney's in love with his situation and his home at Penske. And so I think that if he has another year like last year, he, he might be looking for a, a new home maybe. And so that's why I call it a put up shut up. I don't think that he wants to move out of Penske, but, you know, so that would lead you to believe, all right, well, he's got to buckle down and go get it done. Logano coming off that championship. I said that, you know, we really don't have hangovers in NASCAR for the champions, but I think Blaney is so pent up from not having that win last year. You could see big things from him early. I mean, I've got a bet on him uh, to win the Daytona 500 already. He's the favorite super speedways pretty much every time we go this is all about Ryan Blaney, and I believe that this is kind of what we're saying about William Byron kind of being at that point in his career. I think we've expected Blaney to be further along than he is. I don't think that's unfair to say of Blaney. So he's kind of playing catch-up. He's got to really go out and get it done. He's got to win races, and he's got to go far in the playoffs. And so plus 105 to beat his teammate here in wins, I think this could end up being maybe a push, but I'll take that. You know, you put your money up and then you collect the collect it back without the juice. So um, I'll take Blaney plus 105 here in this matchup. The last matchup that I'm calling out here from Barstool is one that I actually took last year, and it ended in a push. This year, I'm taking the opposite. So it's Christopher Bell over Tyler Reddick. That's right. I took Reddick last year on DraftKings, and this came back even though I felt good. It was 3-1 at one point in my favor. Chris Rebell came back and tied it up, so I took the push here, and I'm taking Bell. He has made me a believer, not just because he came back and, and tied that bet, but from what we saw on the racetrack last year, I am sold on Christopher Bell kind of having a, a breakout year. Tyler Reddick switching teams makes me a little nervous. I really need to see, you know, what we see from him in the early part of the season. I'm not confident enough to take a season long bet on somebody that I have question marks about. I know people love his situation for various reasons, but I do not. I need to see it. And so I'm not taking a, a future position on him. I will, however, take a future position on Christopher Bell because he's in the same spot he was. He's been maturing and doing better year in, year out. I just like everything I'm seeing here. So Christopher Bell to win this matchup uh, in season wins, lock me in. He is minus 114. He's the underdog in that matchup by a hair. So Christopher Bell is the, the side I'm going with there. So the head-to-heads, Hamlin over Chastain, Blaney over Logano, and Bell over Reddick for the season. Now, talk about championship bets. I've already thrown a few in there. I've thrown uh, with some free bets. I'm getting a lot of free bets on various books. Um, so I have Blaney. That was a, a New Year's bet. It's kind of turning into my tradition on New Year's Eve. I throw a bet in on Blaney to win the championship uh, just because it's always like, you know, 
it's his year. It's his year, you know, kind of like the joke. Um, 1,200 on that one. I took Byron 1,200 already, and I took Bell. So the Killer Bees at 12 to 1 already I have locked in on. Now, the thing about the NASCAR Cup Series championship odds is that you've got guys that are further down the list that really they're not going to move around that much. You've got Elliott as the, the odds-on favorite at 5-1. to one. I can't see that number really moving um, to become longer, and 5-1 to one just not worth wetting my whistle. Now, I want to find the next Ross Chastain. That's that's where your mind has to be. In addition to like the 12-1 to one crew, that's like the sweet spot because if either of those guys show any improvement um, early in the season, you're not going to get them at 12 to 1, right? And I can't see them going up to 14, 15. So any sort of success, they're going to drop to 10 or below. So that's why I think it's worth it now for the 12 to 1 crew. But I'm looking for like the real deep guys, right? So let's start with Alex Bowman. If he were to go out and have that contract year or, you know, turn heads, get some wins, make some moves in the playoffs, he could find himself in a position where, you know, he puts himself in the final four. He's plus 3,000. That's a good number to take right now in the season. Got a couple other guys. This guy I really believe in as far as having an opportunity to make the playoffs, and his number is astronomical. It's A.J. Allmendinger. He was not somebody that was listed on the win total area. He's 10,000, plus 10,000 to win the championship. Now, that's ridiculous, I know, in theory. But we're, again, looking at parity. We're looking at the blueprint that Ross Chastain has put together. And we're talking about a driver who formerly raced in the Cup Series. This is not new to him. And he raced last year in the Cup Series sporadically. He's a road course genius. We've got six of them. So, you're telling me that A.J. Allmendinger can't win one of these road courses and sneak his way into the playoffs, where, by the way, there is a road course in the playoffs. He's also great at super speedways. Oh, there's one of those in the playoffs as well. So he can kind of find his way through the playoffs, and maybe he is in the championship, which he competed at Phoenix for a championship in the Xfinity Series just a couple years ago. So I'm saying there's a path for plus 10,000. If you want a, a super long shot, that's a, a guy that I'm taking a, a huge flyer on. Don't expect it. You bet it. And then if things don't pan out, who cares? You know, you took a shot. Who cares? But uh, that's one that I don't want to be on the wrong side of. I don't want to not take that one and then, you know, see the success like we saw out of Chastain last year for him. The last guy I'll call out, Austin Dillon. He's plus 25,000, more so than A.J. Allmendinger. He's further down the list than AJ and Dylan was in the playoffs last year. The, th the thought here is you got to think that the team with Kyle Busch coming over, they've got that buzz about them. You know, Dylan won Daytona last year with the chaos and everything, but he has the ability to be good at certain tracks. And if they can put it together, you got leadership coming over from Kyle. Maybe not leadership, but experience that they can share. Share notes. He hasn't had a guy like that. He's always really had to be the the top dude, even though he wasn't in some cases. Like last year with Tyler Reddick, Reddick definitely outperformed him, but it really kind of felt like it was Austin's ship. Not with Kyle Busch anymore. Like he's the big dog on campus. So now Austin really gets to, you know, seep up that knowledge and that information you would think 
and this team is kind of a revamped team. So plus 25,000, I mean, that's just absurd. You throw a little bit on that and, and bet it and forget it. And if Austin hits a few of these and, you know, finds himself winning on a couple of these tracks, makes his way to the playoffs, then, man, you got a big dog in the fight. But, um, you know, that's why they're long shots. They're flyers. You're taking a shot. See what happens. So it's AJ at plus 10,000, Bowman plus 3,000, and Austin Dillon plus 25,000. And then more reasonable bets, things that I would expect to see get shorter as the season starts up here. It's Blaney 12 to 1, Bell 12 to 1, and Byron 12 to 1, the Killer Bees for the championship. So that is the season breakdown for the win totals this year, 2023. We're right there. The season is upon us. We're going to get through the Super Bowl, crossing my fingers for the Eagles, and then we've got Daytona, and then it's a full sprint into the season. So it's going to be a good one. I'm hoping, like I said, this season continues to explode with NASCAR gambling, and I'm happy to have you with us. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we will see you for Daytona.